The artist is nothing without the gift, but the gift is nothing without the work. That's a quote from French writer Emile Zola. And I'm John Fanning, and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? I hope you're all doing well um, amidst this chaos of coronavirus and that you're keeping your immune systems up so it doesn't get at you. Um, so this is episode 9 of my series of episodes on imagination and creativity based around my book tentatively titled Create. So last time I talked about black sheep and difference but today I want to talk about a few walls that build on each other them being genius, talent and originality. In a later episode I'll talk more about talent, but today I want to talk about these three ideas in an interconnected way, in the sense that when this voice comes that I don't know if I'm talented enough, I don't know if I have a gift, or I'm not gifted, I'm not talented, this kind of rubbish that just falls into everybody's head irrespective of how good or bad you are at what you do Uh, the amount of times I've heard that one even from established creators in their fields the mind ego loves this I'm not talented, I'm not original I'm not a genius crap again more walls it throws in front of your creation or your imagination So in school I was convinced of this too. I was convinced I was a complete idiot and the last thing I was was talented at anything. I thought I was talented at nothing. Um, I talked about school before, that whole grad grind thing uh, in episode 6 about school and education. So I was thrown out of a lot of classes, except a few of them, like um, English I never got any good grades at English when I was younger, but when I was 15, I wrote a story for a com- for a competition at a bank held in connection with schools. And I mentioned this before as a kind of funny aside in one of the episodes. Uh, it was, yeah, it was when I talked in an earlier episode about family. Anyway, I got third prize or fourth prize or I got last prize, whatever it, whatever it was, but it was a prize. And, of course, my immediate reaction was, oh, they must have made a mistake, you know. The usual imposter syndrome, that wall of the imposter syndrome that raises its ugly head to say, uh, any minute now they're going to find out that I'm crap and this is not warranted. So I went up to get my prize and when I was coming back down, I still couldn't accept it as a reality, even though I'd shaken hands with the principal and whoever else was up there but it was only when a friend started to say well done that I realised there was no mistake and that's when the maybe started slipping in these positive maybes as opposed to the negative ones so maybe I'm alright at writing essays 
Maybe not the ones that they write for school, but ones I like writing. And so I secretly started writing some really bad poems. You know, these rhyming, rhyming couplets or rhyming, just terrible things. But it was a start. And so this sneaking idea that you are good at something or talented at something started to seep into my consciousness. But now looking back, I can see it as um, it's not just me that's talented, it's everyone's talented at something. Everyone's gifted or original at something. And it's that idea again, as I said at the very outset, artists and writers don't own creativity or talent. They don't don't own the imagination. Some of us think visually, others think true or create true sound, and others, again, create true movement. And then others, again, create true uh, objects in their hands, like uh, somebody working on an old car in a garage and taking it all apart or getting new parts. So what makes a difference is some people keep doing that. They keep getting the parts. They finish the car. They persist. Uh, they keep doing that something, whether it's writing code, novels, uh, directing movies or painting canvases or building a, an old car. They persist. So the fear of not being original, of being laughed at, of creating something awful, that creeps into the heart of every creator. Um, and it's been like that ever since we started putting hand handprints on walls of caves or telling stories around open fires in the same caves. So there's a fact that just is is not really talked about and that is well it is talked about but it's it's something to be accepted when we want to create and delve into our imagination and that's a nobody's original this podcast is not original i'm sure there are many like it hamlet king lear macbeth they're not original either they were all plays before shakespeare ever wrote his versions he wrote some pretty damn good versions, but the other versions are now un unheard of or not known as such. Even if you take up something like Bartlett's familiar quotations and look up somebody like Winston Churchill, this always used to amaze me when I'd look at his quotations. Nearly every famous quote attributed to the man can be found somewhere else. Said a little differently, um, but by someone else usually by someone who lived in ancient Greece or Rome. If you look at the footnotes to his quotes, you'll see it. So, this idea of talent um, is very arbitrary. Um, so, you can see it also in people like Mozart, in his letters. He actually said in one of his letters, he never aims for originality. He just does what he has to do. Uh, Mark Twain... Also in a letter um, to Helen Keller said all ideas come from what he called other sources and that we colour them differently because of our moral and mental character. He's, he wrote that um, every great orator reinterprets centuries and the thousands who went before them when they write a speech. 
much like Churchill with the uh, ancients. Uh, Steve Jobs talks about this. He did in a, at least he did in an interview in 1996 uh, in Wired. He said that uh, creation's connecting things by creators with very diverse experiences, but that most people cut themselves off from these from these experiences by not being curious. So we all create from the past. Uh, what went before us, those sources uh, Twain wrote about. The idea of past as prologue, as Chaucer put it. So when I finished the first draft of this this Create book, I I started reading other books on the same wavelength. Why did I do that? Well, so I could see what I'd forgotten to talk about. Because you don't think of everything. You can't. Nobody's perfect, you know. You have to keep researching and making your what it is you do better or keep editing or keep recreating what it is that you're doing or creating so to inspire me also uh, to add so since inspire me to add things and then also to take out things that made no sense so it's a good thing to be curious instead of something to be frightened by we should embrace curiosity and embrace new experiences and new books and new ideas um, so that they inspire us. Because nobody has read everything, you know. This idea of originality, oh, they encompass everything in that field. Well, they can't. Nobody knows everything about building cars and nobody knows everything about building a play or a screenplay or, or a or a painting, you just get better by doing. And every human has a different way of expressing their it, whatever it is they're into, because everybody is different. Because we all come from different backgrounds, different perspectives, and different socioeconomic backgrounds, and and cultural leanings. And, and new creations really always come from breaking with the, with the past, by changing the way something used to be done to form something new. So you have to know the past, but you have to then reinterpret it as a new, or with your own new individual clarity. It's much like Picasso said when he said, uh, every act of creation is, first of all, an act of destruction. So we have to kind of destroy what it is that's before us before we can create something new. But we have to know what it is that's before us first. Like he looked at a bicycle and then it became a bull's head. He knew what the bicycle was, but he recreated a sculpture of a bull's head. So this idea um, is very universal. This this idea of uh, talent um, and curiosity. Einstein actually said once that... Uh, he, he had no real talent, just that he was passionate about being curious, like a child, and and that the intuitive mind is is this sacred gift, and that the, the rational one is a faithful servant, where, where we have, um, as a society, created, we've created a society that honors the servant, and has forgotten the gift. 
At the same time, Einstein also supposedly said genius is 1% talent and 99% hard work. I think other people have said it was Edison, but, you know, Einstein's good enough for me. <laughs> um, so this is one of the key things I've, I've seen over the years. The people who keep doing the work and evolve with their work succeed. Doesn't mean necessarily succeed by making a whole truckload of cash but they succeed in finishing what it is that they wanted to and did it because they loved doing it and because it was a need that I talked about before um, this idea of work not it not being a job but that it's work and I'll get into work more in a later episode when I start talking about doors into creativity but when I say succeed I, I don't just mean from a capitalistic perspective so creators who keep doing the work feel they succeed because they they get better at what they love creating and the work makes them better at the work so it's a self-fulfilling circle or cycle they, they don't let anyone or any amount of frustration stop them and when they see they're comparing themselves to other people then they know they're not in their work either but creating a wall as such. So you can be inspired by other creators in the same field or other fields, but if you start trying to copy them when you're trying to create what it is that you're trying to create, then that dilutes what it is you're trying to do. You're creating actually a wall against what you need or what your your individual creative perspective is. They know that talent is identifying their own talent and then getting into the work and do, knowing that that's a lifetime path not just some kind of week event or daily a few days of having a go at it <laughs> so you can be talented and never create a body of work so how many creative writing professors or art professors or CEOs have I met who told me the most successful people they ever met the most creative people weren't particularly the most talented they had talent but the ones that they felt were the most successful or the most that got the work done that they needed or wanted or were inspired to do were the persistent and dogged hard workers because the workers work they just keep doing the work so the blank page no longer becomes frightening then when you know this or when you understand or accept this you're not the f you're not you know that you're not the first one to look at the blank page and so you find all these historical friends in your creative field and then look for the connections in other fields too that inspire you because oftentimes originality comes from seeing original combinations others never have but we have to be selective as well only stuff that only stuff you really love stuff your soul loves and you'll know it when you see it you'll feel it it's, uh, it's just intuitive so, I have a friend, uh, 
and she sees talent and originality and genius as gifts. So going back to what I uh, call this episode, genius, talent, originality and gifts. So she sees it as gifts. Uh, she sees a painting as a gift waiting to be born. And not it's that it's not herself. It's not her being talented or original. She sees the painting as something that's there already that needs to be just done. That she has to sit down and wait for it or work to it or work for it. So Michelangelo would have seen the things the same way. He liberated his creations from the Carrara marble. He never saw what he did as creation, but more as gifts from the stone. Gifts he had to set free. And sometimes he'd just stop. Um, so you have these, those unfinished marbles that he did. So he got, a, got to a certain part and went, well, there's nothing else in here. This gift is not going to continue. So he went on to another. So again, going back to that idea of genius doesn't always create something that's completely finished either, which is something I'll get into in the next episode, this idea of perfection. So the mind or the mind ego disappears and and the creation, the gift comes through the creator. It comes from somewhere else. In a sense, it, it wasn't Michelangelo who created David, but David who revealed himself to Michelangelo. The talent and originality come out of the creation. And I see my books the same way, and I've met many creators who see what they do or what they've created the same way too. It's like a photographer finding they don't know when they're shooting their images, oh, this is the one out of five or 600 photographs. They'll shoot maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 that are, oh yeah, and out of that, maybe one that like just blows them away and they know that's it. So it's effort and it's curiosity and it's just doing the work, but it's also that idea of waiting for the photograph to reveal itself or the statue to reveal itself. So whatever it is you create, they're all there waiting, these gifts, but you have to be open to them and you have to switch off the self-sabotage, that wall of self-sabotage which is talent and originality and genius. And you have to switch it off long enough to allow the gifts to present themselves. Uh, a lot of the time in bits and in pieces. And those bits and pieces come together into something something finished. As I said in a yeah, as I said in a previous episode, Rodan would make thousands of sketches of a model moving uh, before deciding on, on the pose, D, or the moment to sculpt, that that moment, that that movement. Uh, as with Michelangelo, the sculpture is held within the stone, just like the chair is in, is in the tree, or the painting is in the field, the motif that, what the, what the impressionists call the motif, as they were going out painting, they would see a scene and they go, okay, this is it, and they'd stop. So that was the gift, the motif. 
So we, the creators, have to discover these gifts. And they're out there waiting for us to discover. As Henry Miller once said, everything's out there already. And as intermediaries, we have to make use of what's in the air. It's literally in the air, but we have to do the work, uh, whether it's sitting down in a chair or walking through the fields to find that motif or picking up the marble yet again and seeing, is this going to be one that gives me a gift like Rodin's Cathedral or Michelangelo's David or or just something that it doesn't have to be this this inflated huge thing of oh great work of art but a work of art a work that you feel good about and then if other people think it's good afterwards well hey that's great too because one of the greatest walls that moves us away from accessing these gifts is is that one of oh I'm I'm not a genius like Mozart or Shakespeare or <laughs> Michelangelo or Rhoda, you know, so that's that's what society is or just I don't want to blame society all the time, but it's just something that comes into our consciousness or into our minds when we're trying to create something. Uh, we compare with people who are or who have done over 10,000 hours and who are masters and what they do. If we compare ourselves to masters, we'd never get started in the first place. You just do what you do, and you do what you do to the best of your ability, and you continue doing it. But this idea of society, or modern society, has, has adopted this, this noun, this noun of genius for an individual. So I, I'm completely not into that at all um certain creators are inspired to have moments of genius one after another after another so there's certain people like mozart for example he had many and einstein too although he said he arrived at relativity by steps by work and mozart well he was a worker too you know so however Einstein wasn't a genius when it came to his social life. This idea of genius. Oh, he's a genius because he came up with the theory of relativity. Well, are you a genius then if you mistreat the other human beings in your life? Uh, It's not a judgmental thing. It's just, what is genius? What's the definition? Oh, that you create David or the theory of relativity? And why didn't you create... David's all your life as opposed to just one why didn't you create more theories of relativity equally as as great if you're such a genius why can't it be continuous so to me anyway my it's this idea that that genius isn't isn't a person You, you only have to look at how for example Einstein treated his wife as an employee or how he treated his sons and he's not alone there's many famous scientists having had an extraordinarily unhealthy personal behaviour because nobody's a perfect genius nobody's perfect at anything no human being is perfect no, we're all flawed 
you know, if you look at Mozart, he was terrible with his money, like awful. They say it led him into an early grave. Um, or if you look at somebody who was really great with money, can we say Warren Buffett's a genius because he made so much money? What's the criterion? What's the criteria for genius then? So I think this is a very difficult word to say or consider somebody as genius. It, cre it creates expectations, very high expectations for everybody. Not only that, but I don't think it's uh, from first principles actually something that's true. Could 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 Warren Buffett have come up with the theory of relativity, or could he have compo co composed a, a symphony at the age of eight? Like, what's the criteria? It's a very bizarre way of putting a label on a human being. But again, what do these creators have in common, all these people who are incredibly creative at, at doing what they were doing, or doing what they're doing? And it's work. They were, or are all passionate about what they love. They're obsessed by what they love. But then someone says, oh, Warren Buffett only does a couple of hours of work a day. Yeah, but what does he do or spend the rest of his time doing? When he's finished his day's work, he goes off reading journals and financial statements and reports and newspapers and books. So to, to some, that seems like a lot of extra work or a lot of, because it's work for him. You know, that's his form of creativity. But it's not work to him. Why is that? Because he loves it. It's not what I'm into. It's not my idea of using the imagination or creative creativity or being creative, uh, trying to make a lot of money. In that sense, uh, creativity is, to me, is writing books, but each to their own. And so this idea... Um, of genius there there are no geniuses there's only moments of genius that moment when Einstein came up with the theory of relativity and it comes and that genius comes with hard work every day he didn't just come up with it as he said he, it came by steps so every so called genius worked consistently consistently and got better with each new creation they created, you know. So the the even the word itself comes from from the Latin verb to bring into being or to create, to produce. So it's not the person, but what comes into being, the creation itself or the act of creation, which is the genius. And the ancient Romans saw saw it in another way that everyone has their own genius even whole communities but that genius is a guide and we create the conditions for it to bring creations or gifts into reality when we do the work so we have to create those conditions again as i say me sitting here on, a, on this desk doing this podcast or sitting in a desk in front of a computer trying to write a book or somebody out in a garage trying to dismantle or create a whole new car um, so that's this idea of genius, talent and originality, how they can be very difficult words or walls to creating and stopping those gifts from coming true if we're not aware of 
how difficult those words are or what what they do uh, when we start to think, oh, well, I'm not original enough, I'm not talented enough, oh, I'm not a genius. Well, we all have gifts. We just have to work towards getting them out into the world. And that takes time and repetition and practice and inspiration from those who've gone before us. So that's that. Thanks for listening. I I started with a quote from from the wonderful French novelist Zola. Um, he's a wonderful activist as well. So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to end on another Irish proverb, and this one it literally means deep is the hole of doubt. <laughs> And of course this is relevant because genius, talent and originality can be deep dark holes when we let them be. So deep is the hole um, of doubt. It's down a pole on ours. It's down a pole on ours. So this podcast is supported by you, the listener, via my Patreon page which is patreon.com back forward slash John Fanning and so you can get free access there usually before this the day before this comes out and I'm going to put up extra episodes there when I get a chance and if you can afford it it'd be awesome if you could uh, give me the price of a cup of tea or a glass of red wine or a pint of Guinness And if you can't, that's fine too. Just please leave a review on iTunes uh, so other people will find this. Uh, So if you're looking for more episodes, they're on my site, johnfanning.me, under podcast or on iTunes. And you can get all my social stuff there. So it's been great sharing again, um, going through these things, these walls. Hopefully we'll be getting near to doors soon enough. Uh, probably another five or six podcast episodes Uh, so it's been great sharing and until next time uh, take care out there try to keep your immune system healthy and up and be benevolent when you can if you're stuck inside uh, or whether you're one of these necessary people as they call us uh, going out into the workforce still but try, try to be benevolent when you can. Schlonlev August Gnairi on Boherlev. <laughs>